All right, guys, welcome to the show. Raise the riffs, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Alan Lee is going to be missing a couple episodes um, due to a personal thing. So we are going to get right into it. A couple things. Uh, my stand-up special is still on iTunes. Uh, so buy that at Keith Reza, make it happen. And book me on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza. And I'll give you a birthday shout out and all that jazz. Um, Comedy's starting to come back. Uh, hopefully by the summer we'll get some dates. And uh, everyone's staying safe. I got the hiccups, which is never good on an uh, interview. But uh, we'll see what we can do. We have a good show tonight, great show. Uh, this is one of the first uh, headliners I ever worked with. Uh, he's now Comedy Central, Comics Unleashed. And he is now on this TV show, Neighbors, with Cedric the Entertainer and all that. Uh, Greg Wilson, or The Greg Wilson, or Greg Romero Wilson. He has so many names nowadays. And uh, we'll be talking to him very shortly. Uh, if you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. And give us some love. All righty. We will be right back with the Greg Wilson in a minute. All right, cool, man. So, raise a wrist with the Greg Wilson, or is it Greg Romero Wilson now? It's Greg Romero Wilson now. I, I rebranded about, uh, I would say, like about three years ago, I think it was. Maybe oh. four. Oh, yeah. man, I've only seen you once within those years, though. The, the Slow Comedy Festival. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, our paths used to cross a lot when I started, and then they barely cro crossed, you know the older you get. Do you find that a lot with comics? Well, yeah, I mean, because we begin to, I mean, for me, it's because I started going out locally a lot less and mostly just, you know, if I was going to do, you know, shows would be on the road and, you know, I was, I was over there at the ha ha if I was anywhere. And I just didn't put a lot of time into getting out locally as much as I used to. I just got old, you know, yeah. and I got tired. It's so funny. And then of course the pandemic happens and you realize, Oh my God, I would love to be anywhere all the time, you know? And so in many ways, there's like a renewed passion to be out locally again, like all as much as I can. Do you, you remember how like uh, uh, when you do a bar show and you're like, this is the worst fucking gig in the world. And now with the pandemic, you're like, oh, I'd rather do the bar show. Oh, you got celebrity. Listen, I was supposed to do one. Uh, I forgot whose it was. It was down there. In, I think it was in Huntington Beach. They were doing it on the on the beach. It was before, you know, uh, we had the vaccine or anything. But he was like, it's outdoors. Don't worry. It's going to be cool. And, and I was like, okay. And I was like, how many people? He's like, well, like 100. And I was like, and, and are they wearing masks? He goes, well, when they walk in, they have to wear a mask. But usually when they get outside, they, they all take them off. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't do it, man. I'm not going to do this show. 
And, and I was like, but listen, if you want me to help you to find a replacement, I'll find a replacement. And I yeah. started pitching him a few names. He goes, oh, don't worry. I got um, uh, the guy that created Last Comic Standing. He's famous for doing the Christopher Walken impression. Jay Moore. Uh, Jay Moore. He goes, oh, don't worry. I got Jay Moore. <laughs> listen, when Jay Moore is taking bar gigs, okay, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, even the celebs, like Bill Burr, he's out. He's taking every show he can get his hands on right now. So I, I think I did that show because I actually tour with Jay. Oh, okay. So you may have done that show then. Yeah. yeah so you yeah. gave me a work. Thanks, pal. There you go. You're welcome, man. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna, I can't risk it. It's too much risk. Yeah. So isn't it funny? Cause like when I first came, like we were joking about the name coronavirus, you know, thinking like we were saying, oh, you get it from drinking corona. And then it got serious like three weeks later. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Listen, I remember, I remember uh I was going to the airport to go do a gig. And the me and the Uber driver like kind of laughing about how everybody was overreacting to it. It's like we've had like wait, we got like you know eight deaths in the entire United States because this was right when it you know this right when you know the numbers were so low that Trump was making people stay on the boat in the ocean because he didn't want the numbers to go up by you know however many, yeah. which is just crazy to think about now. Um, but you know, so we were, and I was like, come on, more people dying car accidents every day. It's ridiculous. And then by the end of that trip, coming back, I was wiping down the chair with, with Lysol wipes and, <laughs> you know, and like, and it was like, and I had my mask on, but then like the, the pilot that had jumped the, you know, that wasn't flying the flight was on the flight next to me. He wasn't wearing a mask. I'm like, well, if he's not wearing a mask, my stupid boy. And this is like between leaving for the trip and coming back for the trip. That's yeah. how fast shit changed. But you know what's interesting is I haven't gotten the cold at all because so I think like maybe the mass, regardless if people believe it or not, I think the mass is actually a good thing because a cold sucks. You know, you get that. Well, I knew we also weren't out, you know, congregating, touching the same stuff, breathing, in, you know, <laughs> all those things factored into not, you know, not getting certain sicknesses. Is, you know, you weren't you certainly weren't stressing out your body by blowing and going for six days in a row. I mean, that's always exhaustion is what usually gets gives me a cold. Yeah. Is I've just been doing too much for too long and you know on the road and then coming back and then shooting a thing and then you know and then by the end of two weeks my body's so tired I catch a cold so my body's way of saying okay lay down motherfucker you know <laughs> And without that, my body was just like, okay, you can't keep feeding us liquor and pizza, man. You're going to fucking kill me. <laughs> trying, no. to re trying to reel in that diet from the pandemic has been a real challenge. I think it's like the COVID-75 because I think I've gained 75 pounds. Oh, at least, dude. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, there was nowhere. And I mean, and this is with me trying. I was running. I was biking. I was, but you know, I would do it for 30 to 45 minutes. And then I was just on my ass the rest of the day, yeah. you know? So, I mean, all that work was, would barely, barely kept me from not getting fatter. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was the other thing. If I if I ran if I ran that day or if I rode my bike or if I did anything, when I came home, I was like, well, all right, whiskey and pizza. I earned it. Let's go. Line it up, you know. So what's that bike that uh my sisters have on? It's like a bike and you put it in inside and you ride on it and like yeah, the Peloton. Your, yeah, yeah. Do you have the one Peloton? Of those? No, Adam Hunter has one of those. 
And I was like, he's like, oh, it's so worthy. You should get it. I'm like, but don't you have to like, keep paying monthly for it? And he's yeah. like, yeah. And I'm like, how much? He's like, $65. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not getting your Peloton. What a fucking scam that is. It's like, you keep paying for the money. And the bike's like $4,000. Yeah. So Especially like, since you're not working right now. It's a scam, you know? <laughs> like, only. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't forget it. I'm not going to do it. I'm like, I'm going to actually go ride my bike. That's what I'm yeah. going to do. I have a bike that I made $400 for, you know, how I don't know how many years ago. And I was actually talking about that, you know, during the Zoom shows. It doesn't really mean anything now, but during the Zoom shows, I was like, I got to tell you guys, you know, riding your bike now is the best ever because there's no traffic. You know, normally riding your bike in L.A., in Los Angeles, I live mid-Wilshire, I'm riding the heart of L.A., and it's like if you ride your bike on the streets of, of, of mid mid-city, you um, you know, it's like riding yeah. it's like riding an obstacle course but you're the obstacle <laughs> and no yeah. one's trying real hard to miss you you know so it was it's very nerve-wracking when it's full traffic but during all those days when the streets were empty i was just like oh, this is the greatest like i just owned the roads it's fantastic now you mentioned zoom shows uh did you do a lot of zoom shows and if so i how did was, do how that translate to you like was it easier for you Funny story, first Zoom show I ever do, and nobody really, we just knew that this was what we needed to do and yeah. started doing it. Like, nobody under, really mastered it right away. Nobody put out, now eventually, uh, Sammy Obey put out a whole article about, listen, this is how you produce Zoom shows. But I mean, that was months into it at this point, and I had already done many, many Zoom shows at that point. But the first one was for Adam Hunter, again, very good friend of mine, co-host of the, uh, he's the, the originator and, and, and main host of MMA Roasted. And then yeah. I'm one of his co-hosts. And He's probably the reason why you said yes to this, because I interviewed him. Maybe. I was like, all right, Adam did it. I was like, oh, it's like, I was like, I was like all right. Like, if he's made his way through all these names, if he's made it down to me, I mean, who am I to turn it down? So the so the so the first one we do, it's Adam Hunter's Dime Bar show, which as a live show already kind of sucked. And then as a Zoom show, you so I get in there, and so I turn on the Zoom. Oh my God. And I like set up a mic that was in no way connected to anything. I wanted it to be as real a stand-up performance as possible. I was standing up. I had it set up in front of a little backdrop. I you know, at this point I didn't buy any green. I now I've got like two green screens and a white screen. Like I'm like, you know, but at this point, nothing like that. So I'm in front of a painting with this mic, you know, set up with a mic stand, and I'm ready to do a real show. Yeah. And okay, so he cuts to me. He goes, here we go. And it like I show up and like first person goes right away. Oh, I didn't know I was going next. He's like, oh, please welcome, Greg. You know, the Greg Wilson or Greg Wilson. People use different, you know, they switch back and forth depending on what they're used to. And, <laughs> uh, and I don't blame him. I don't blame, I don't blame him. It's like Coke and Coke classic pretty much is what happened here. And we, I can explain all that after in a minute. But so, so we go to the Zoom and, you know, okay, so I... I went to try and scroll right as they introduced me. I went to try and scroll over where I could see the audience, but instead I scrolled over to speaker view. Okay. And I'm the speaker. So all I see is me and then me in the smaller box. Right. Yeah. So it's me and me and what Adam didn't tell me. Okay. So the week before was the first one he'd ever done. And everybody's talking through the whole thing because nobody understands that their mics are as loud as everybody else as the speaker's mic. So, <laughs> Second week, he decides to mute everybody but the speaker. Okay, right. doesn't tell us. Doesn't tell us that every the whole audience is muted. 
Okay. So I start doing now I'm performing for me to me. <laughs> and I hear nothing else in response. And I mean, and, and I decided to break one of the, the three golden rules of stand-up. And I decided to open with a new material. Cause of course we're in this incredibly new experience. And I felt like talking about other shit seemed so stupid at that point. I felt like we had to discuss this and this only. So I'm doing all this untested stuff. And I mean, it I, I immediately flop sweat. I, I, I'm like, I'm dying, I'm dying. But then the comments are still active. So the first comment comes up and it's like, this guy is a legend. And it says legend in all caps. I'm like, fuck yeah, I am motherfucker. Okay. So now, so now I get a little juice and I start doing it. And then the next comment that comes on is like, this guy, all caps, sucks. And I'm just like, and I'm like, so it is sucking. <laughs> okay. So now I it's a death spiral through the next two, three I maybe did 90 seconds of it felt like an eternity. And I just got I stop and I go, you know what? I had my trepidation about how this might go. And I hate to see that I was right. Thank you guys very much. I'm Greg Romero Wilson. Good night. Yeah. And I just got off and they're like, that was Greg. Okay. I mean, it couldn't have been more than two minutes. And uh, and I was like, Thanks. I jump off the thing, leave meeting fucking. Ah! And now I'm like, fuck, Zoom forever. Fuck the pandemic. I, and now at this point, I've agreed to three or four more Zoom shows. I immediately <laughs> messaged all of them and was like, I'm done with Zoom shows. I will wait for the real thing. I am, this is bullshit. Fuck this media forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I would sleep all night. You know that angry sleep that fuck you. Fuck yeah. You. You're, you're not funny. I'm fucking funny. You're not funny. Okay. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, you know what, Greg? This is just the next challenge. This is just the new medium. And you can't be old guy comic who won't adapt. You know, it's adapt or die. And you're not going to sit here and not perform for the year or so that this is going to take. At that point, I had resigned myself to a year because that's what they were saying it was going to take to develop a vaccine. Was about it. I'm like, they're like at the earliest 13 months. I'm like, okay, so set my sights. So I, and I was like, that's too long to not perform. You have to conquer this medium too. Yeah. And so I went back to the drawing board. I retooled the act. You know, I made put the punchier stuff I knew definitely worked up front. I made the other stuff punchier, you know, with less, you know, pontification and was like, okay, I'm ready to take another. And then I took a few more Zoom shows and immediately rebounded. And a lot of it was figuring out the timing with Zoom. It was like playing a big room. You either wait for the laughs or don't wait for the laughs, but there's no regular beat like a live show. And so I realized just to go half beats and just keep doing the material. And if they laugh, great. If they don't, I mean, the laughs come, but, you know, you don't want to be too laugh dependent because the timing's all fucked up in Zoom. And so I just, I, I learned to conquer it, you know. And the second show back, I, I did exceedingly well. And I have to say, and most of the shows from that point on, I crushed. I did one Zoom show. And I only did it because uh, Dante is my manager, and he kind of like forced me to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and uh, so I did it, but I, I I didn't do it like a regular stand-up show. I did it like I thought of it like it was a podcast. Like right. I'm not I'm interviewing the guests, and if the guests think they're having a good time, that's great. But I'm not going to do any stand-up. You know what I mean? So I just kind of did it like this, and. I didn't like it because I didn't know any of the fucking audiences. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, listen, I you <laughs> saw people just sitting on their bed looking into the computer like they had just finished masturbating, and we're like, and we're like, and, and we're just talking like it was a fucking FaceTime. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just sitting here, not much to do, no reason to do laundry. Blah. I'm like, are you? Is what is this? Are you? Can you attempt material? I believe this was still promoted as a comedy show. Right. You know, so there was a lot of laziness at some point, and there was. Then I did one show, and I went off, and I was like, "If you, if you have to say uh, what else ever again, then you're fucking trash." Okay, right. you should have so much to talk about after this. There shouldn't ever be a uh, what else. Okay, and then the next comic after me, like, <laughs> I didn't know she was following me. I didn't know she was next, <laughs> but you could tell she kept wanting to go. Let's see what. <laughs> And then finally, about halfway, she was like, fuck you, Greg. I just want to say, wow, God damn it. No. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was your whole thing with saying what else. But Jesus <laughs> Christ, how can you not know what to say now? Now, for the folks at home, you also teach stand-up comedy at, I yeah. believe, the HaHa, -Ha, right? Well, I have taught it at the HaHa. -Ha. I mean, the Comedy Institute. That's the school. It's thecomedyinstitute.com. And now it's all on Zoom. So, And I had actually moved on from the HaHa. -Ha. I was teaching out of the Space Station Casting Studio in Hollywood uh, for the last two years, I think, before the in the in the before times. And, um, you know, that, that's what go right. And now I'm, I'm translating it all over on online classes as well. I mean, obviously, Zoom is an online class. But, I mean, lessons that people can just go and watch, you know, very cheaply and, and get, get all the information. It's my master class without having to actually, you know, uh, come to a live seminar, which is one of the limitations uh, that I, I've had with my education. You know, I would go to these towns and I would teach workshops when I was there doing, you know, headlining whatever club. You know, but that was really the only ability I had at that point to really spread the education to those communities. And now I'm going to be able to put it online, which honestly, I should have done it last year, but I was so depressed. Right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if the world continues before I put in all this effort to, you know, put these lessons online. But now I have them and they're all, you know, we're getting them cut and they'll be up pretty soon. And all that will be available again on the website, thecomedyinstitute.com. Now, I had two questions about that. The first question, uh, obviously, you said teaching comedy is easier online, right, with the online packages? Right, because of the, of the fact that you don't have to go anywhere. Nobody has to go anywhere. You just have to sit at your desk and turn on the Zoom, and we can work out the material. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, is you know, whether it works in Zoom and whether it works live is still kind of the same difference as in the workshop. Right. Because when we're doing it in the workshop, you know, I used to say, you know, sometimes what works in the vacuum doesn't work in the live show. And sometimes, you know, it, it does. You know, sometimes if it works in the live show, it's or rather if it works in the vacuum, it's definitely going to work. But there's, you know, there's there's some 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 differential there. And that exists whether it's a live workshop or whether it's a Zoom workshop. You tend to sometimes run into that same that same different, which is fine. I mean, that's why we take it and then do it live. And like, oh, it didn't work. Like, okay. And sometimes stuff that didn't work in the, the vacuum does work on the live stage. So, but it's all about working it out and trying to make sure you have lots of punchlines and that it's structured right. And, you know, that you've thought all the way through the material and stuff like that. Now, like, like, see, you, 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 you're a different example because you've performed at theaters, comedy clubs, you've performed everywhere. For students who, whose goals is to do comedy clubs and then, like, they say, oh, well, this work at a theater, like, what is your advice on that? Because they're two different beasts, you know what I mean? 
Well, they are, but honestly, funny is funny. And if it works, it should continue to work. It isn't the, what changes is the timing. Right. with the venue because you go from a low ceiling compact room to a to an infinite ceiling broad room you know so essentially it's like waiting for it to go all the way back and all the way back in and so it essentially slows down it basically it makes your i mean if you if you if you do it right it actually slows down your material a lot yeah. and what would have been 12 minutes winds up being you know 16 minutes because of the additional time it takes for the audience to kind of rise and fall because it's just such a larger wave as opposed to, you know, uh, a burst that happens in a club. So it, see, the, the material doesn't change, the timing does. And do you think like timing could also be like a curse to comedians? Because like you said, sometimes you could have like 16 minutes, but it's only 10 minutes of material. So that comic will probably think they have 20 minutes when it's really... You know what I mean? Do you think that's... Well, I mean, I, I, I think you figure it out in the first one or two performances. You know, you're like, okay, I don't have enough time for that. I got to squeeze in more of this or whatever. But there are a few people that start at the theater level and then come down to clubs. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I have a, that, that, doesn't, that isn't a scenario that happens. <laughs> unless you're Barry Sobel, right? <laughs> right. Unless you're, you know, or your last name is Wayans. Um, uh, so are you uh, thinking about doing your own podcast too? I, you know, I do I do a couple of podcasts. I mean, obviously, I co-host on the MMA Roasted, but I do a fantasy football podcast because I love fantasy football. Oh. And I, I found with podcasts, I mean, I mean, if you're trying to make it a business that makes money and all this, then that, that's different. But I, I do it for passion. You know, that way it doesn't yeah. it is it is something that bothers me tremendously. And so. Uh, fantasy football it's called fantasy football harsh reality and that's my fantasy football podcast and of course you know most of those episodes happen during certain months of the year like right now i put up nothing because i'll do <laughs> like no maybe nothing's going on yeah exactly we'll have the now i'll probably do one this weekend because we'll have the draft and so right. then i'll do like a free agency draft episode where we talk about the implications of of the new players that have moved around but that'll be you know that'll be about it until august when it's time to break down the drafts now, uh, I don't know a lot about football, but my favorite player is Ryan Fitzpatrick. What is your fantasy advice on him? Do you think I should draft? Well, he him? just didn't. He just moved to the Jets. I think he just moved up to to the is that, is that uh, where he went? Washington. He played for. The oh, he went to Washington. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the thing about Fitzpatrick, the occasional Fitz magic, yeah. is you know he you never want to draft him as your quarterback one. You know, I mean, he's somebody you get when your quarterback gets injured. Right. You know, or he's on a bye week and you need somebody. And that's if he's playing. And, you know, Washington, I think, has, has made it clear they're going to try and have a quarterback competition. They're going to try and draft somebody somewhere, you know, not one of these top first round guys. But I think they're going to draft a couple of guys, you know, try and look for that that Brady magic in the fourth through six rounds. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that they're counting on Fitzpatrick to be this probably. I mean, probably to be the star, like, like exactly what Miami just did with him and Tua. I, yeah. think, I think Washington's going to be looking to kind of do that exact same thing. And, you know, I mean, they if they get a receiver and they get, you know, they have a real playmaker, then they could really, because they have the one guy uh, that's phenomenal. What's um, in Washington? The uh, receiver, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, McLaurin, yeah. scary McLaurin, Terry. Yeah. That's right, Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, so they have some tools. You know, the running back, Gibson, he turned into, down, down the stretch, he flashed some, some greatness down yeah. the stretch. He had a couple of good games. 
So if you can get someone in there, but overall, I think as he's not really somebody you worry about in terms of fantasy football. You know, he's he's kind of an afterthought. Well, there goes my pick. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but uh, they're also doing a TV shows. You're on the neighbor in the neighborhood right now. The right? neighborhood, yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah. I have a small recurring role. I've done two episodes with them, and they seem to really like me over there. And they, every time I'm there, they're like, "We're gonna bring you back. We love you. Can't wait to have you back." So you know, I got basically like one episode a season. Um, but you know, it's a great show, and it's you know another notch in the resume. So. What's it like uh, acting with other stand-up comedians besides, like, working with them at a club, you know? Because Cedric's a great stand-up, but you're acting with him. You're yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this. The, it, it, the problem for me is, is that, I, generally speaking, I'm a better actor than most comedians. Right. And so watching them kind of struggle in ways that I don't struggle, I realize how hard the transition can be you know, from stand-up to acting. Um, but but to oh, but to work with legends, you know, like Cedric and 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 uh George Lopez, you don't you don't give them notes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you just sit there and, and you appreciate what they do. And that's the thing is, and they're amazing in that for for uh, you know uh, there's certain ways that it's more difficult for them than it is for me. Uh, the, you know, when they do get it, it's magic. I mean, there's a reason they're where they are, and they're spectacular at it. And you know, uh, you know, and so with the final product, you're like, well, yeah, that's why you're here because you're a fucking star and you're great at this and you're fucking funny as shit. So for me, it was an absolute uh, blast, and 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 I, you know, I couldn't have enjoyed it more being around those two guys. I never mentioned that I was a comedian to them. I, I don't know if they knew. Um, I'm and, sure they did. I, I think they did all, too. All but, comedians, they kind of know each other just by a name. You know what I mean? And I have, and I mean, I've done shows with Cedric, and I've done shows with George, but they don't always act like they remember that they did a show with you. So yeah. and it wasn't something I want to be like, "Hey, remember we did that show today?" I just, I was like, "Listen, we're actors on this set today, and I'm just going to sit here and watch you two geniuses go off and and you know, and and they did, and they were they were spectacular, you know. I think like like with comedy, you know. Although we don't always run into each other, you know, people like even if you don't remember the jokes or the humor, you always remember the name. So like if you say, oh, do you know who Keith Ray's is? You'll be like, oh, yeah, I know him. I know who Greg Wilson is. So I think like they'll know no matter what, you know, and then that was the second question I had for you. Why, why do you think like comedians are so butthurt about being called not funny? Because I've been called not funny and I've been butthurt before about that. You know what I mean? Because you're pouring your heart and soul into being funny. Yeah. And then if they say you're not funny, well then, you know, <laughs> it fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I get the fucking because you feel like you're not, but I am. This is good stuff. It's so funny, but this guy Chris Simpson, he's a comic. He, he he always loves to bring up this one show that we had in El Monte, where I, I don't know what happened. And this audience, I like they like they were an extremely Latino audience. Right. I feel like they could sense that I didn't speak Spanish, <laughs> and I swear to God, and and they were just like, get this fuck ass Latino off our stage, like they just hated me, and, and just what, and I'm like, and I was like, what the fuck is that? This is proven material. This is ninety nine point nine percenters, and this is the show that gives it that point one that it's not you motherfuckers. 
So they just hit, and he loves to bring that up. He loves like not like the night in El Monte. Shut the fuck up. One is show, he, but it, it, is he still doing comedy? I haven't seen him in like four years either. Yeah, but he's, you know, that's the thing. You're down in Huntington, and he's out in the Inland Empire. And it's one of those things, you know, when you're in a certain area, you you see certain people a lot, and yeah. other people never, you know? I remember I did a show with him, and he was selling DVDs after a show. He's like, all proceeds go to my mother. And he made, like, maybe $300. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, my mom died three years ago. I was like, <laughs> like yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow wow i hope he hears i hope everyone heard that chris simpson he did that that was him dude that's so funny i just saw shirts that are that that are for breast cancer awareness <laughs> and then they'll be like well i take this money i go to a strip club and i am so aware of breast cancer <laughs> i, I want to respect your time greg so i only have three more questions uh, this one you probably get a lot, but uh, you know, I I think she's one of the hottest girls in the world. What was Paris Hilton like? You know, here's the thing, and it's so funny because she talks about it in her little documentary that she put out about her life, about how there are two Parises. And I used to say that all the time. I'm like, listen, guys, there's two different Parises. Yeah. There's regular Paris, who actually has a fairly deep voice, and then there's the Amazon you know which was somebody else entirely and that person only existed when the cameras were on or in an event that she had to be that way you know that she felt like she felt like she had to be that way i guess and so but i really knew the other paris and that paris was so nice and funny and and just and loved my comedy. She used to come before, you know, everything that blew her up and the movie we did together and all that. You know, uh, she used to come to my shows in New York. And oh. we would, yeah, she would come to my shows in New York. I did this huge show at the, the Supper Club. And we did it like twice at Madison Square Garden and stuff. So she would come and she was one of the big celebrity guests. And we'd go to the after parties and hang out and stuff. And, you know, occasionally go to dinner. And so I, I was around her a little bit in New York. And she was just, she was super awesome. She was always really nice to me. And then when I got cast in a movie, she was like, oh, my God, Greg. And when they told me it was you, I was so excited, you know. And uh, and we had a great time doing the hottie and the naughty. And so she was just... Just nothing but 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 an absolute sweetheart. Couldn't have been nicer person to be around. As far as my interaction with her ever, it, it, you know, ever went. I've heard stories of you know whatever after party stuff where she may have, but I, I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't, you know, I, the my experience with her was nothing but but really she was always really really cool. See, that's good good to hear. And then, uh, what's your favorite place to go to on the road? Because I know, I know you're huge in Texas, like huge. Um, I wouldn't say I'm huge. There's certain markets in Texas that they like me a lot. Uh, but I, when, I mean, when I'm in Dallas, I mean, what do you mean favorite? Like which cities or? Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite? Where, where every year you're like, oh great, I, I love this place. Like no matter what, I know the shows are going to be good, the audience are going to be good. I could just, I don't have to stress about the shows or numbers you know what i mean i could just well, i mean that's everywhere i go i mean because the places i work i tend to work pretty regularly and and they and i've got good you know i build up pretty good audiences in those towns and so you know the el paso comic strip surprisingly has always been fantastic to me and i've always had fantastic shows there that's another place where i always had great shows is laughs in tucson 
I just yeah. have monstrous shows when I'm there. I mean, they're almost always completely sold out. And just, I mean, I just straight murder those shows. And um, and also in Las Vegas. I mean, I just have a, a really magnificent time when I'm in Vegas. And those shows usually go great. And, and you know, I used to do a club. It's not open anymore called the Comedy Spot in Phoenix. Now I do the Stir Crazy. And the Stir Crazy is... Um, I have great shows at Stir Crazy, great relationship there. Love to see those crowds. But when I was at the comedy spot, I just, I really had some very epic, those were very, very, it was a small room. Really Sean compact. Dillon, right? Sean Dillon. And it was, yeah. it was like, it, honestly, it felt kind of like doing the cellar in New York. Just this small, tight, low ceiling, dark room. And the laughs really, I mean, it would really, now I didn't, the, the lineup was not like the comedy cellar in New York. That was what I hated was he would fill it with all these, you know, these, these, noobs that yeah. would basically kind of ruin it but then i'd go out and save it so it was fine but i just hated that i'd be like okay just let me add them they're beginning to forget that there's a real professional comedian coming so but that room i, I mean you know that's the thing places i work i tend to tend to really destroy and then my last question are you there yeah question. sorry oh. let me let me uh oh no i can still hear you oh okay, sorry i had a phone call coming in there was already oh no worries and then my last question is, uh, uh, do you, can since you also teach comedy, can you tell like when, which of your students are going to be successful or have a good chance in this industry? Or do you think like that's something someone can't predict? Uh, no, sometimes, yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's very clear. Okay, this person, they're a lifer. They're going to be here. This person's meant to be a comedian. Other people, uh, you know, surprise you, you know. I mean, I've seen a lot of ugly ducklings turn into swans. I mean, the, the real, the reality is it's about stick to it this. I mean, who's willing to stick with it? And I, I, I'm very honest with them about that. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this is going to be very hard. This is going to take a very long time. And most of you are going to quit. You know, after a few years, you're going to be like, well, you know what? Okay, I'm not taking off in this and you're going to quit. So, so, and I understand it, but you'd be surprised the ones that stick and you'd be surprised the ones that drop out that have talent and have ability. And you're like, okay, you're going to be a lifer. And then they just quit like a year later. Like, all right, well, I guess not. So it's, it is, it is, it is really, uh, you know, you can see who's got the ability, but that doesn't necessarily mean they've got the determination. And at the end of the day, and there are people that have less ability, but tremendous determination and and there's no at the end of the day determination in stand-up becomes more important than talent yeah is that is that why like you like you I mean, just at me, look at you yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was gonna say well see like you and i don't always see eye and eye but i consider you a friend you know what i mean so like yeah you know and then you know i think comedy there's a brotherhood regardless so like you know i think we'll always be family and you'll always be co-workers you know what i mean that's how i think well, I think so. And, you know, I mean, with someone like you, I mean, your pure determination, you're very good now, you know? I, I mean, you you really worked at and worked at and worked at it and got better and better and better, and that's just the way it goes, you know? So, I mean, what my opinion might may have been or is irrelevant, yeah. you know? You, you, you did the work. Well, Greg, I want to respect your time, and we got to go. Where can the folks uh, follow you and support you on social media? The main thing is Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Greg Romero Wilson. I mean, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. But let's be honest. You got to pick one horse that you pay more attention to than the rest. So that's the one. Yeah, I know. I don't even do TikTok because I'm like, again, another. You would like, be great I, at TikTok, though. I know, but I skipped Snapchat. I consider that one of the great achievements of my career. 
And so, so now it's like, do I have to do I guess I should, but I, I, again, it's one of those things. I just, I just, I didn't get into stand up to do social media. Right. You know, if I could, I would just blow it all up. So, but eventually we'll get there. I'll get on the, I'll get on TikTok right when it falls apart, right when nobody cares about it anymore. I'll be like, I mean, and that's the way I am with everything. I get to the party late. Everything like, I'm here, guys. They're like, great, you're just closing down. Uh, that's yeah. what's left of this. There's what's left of the catering. And, uh, you know, I think there's one beer left behind the bar. We'll see you later. You know, so I always. I, well, you that, just sent me a friend request on MySpace. So. Yeah, listen, I, I still very active on my. my Greg, top, I listen, love my you, buddy. Friends, on talking very important. You, Good talking to you too, my man. All right, I'll you talk to you care. later. Buddy. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, that was the Greg Wilson. Follow him. Subscribe, rate, review to the show. And uh, all right, that was awesome. Have a good day, guys. Bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.